Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. This show helps you lean into endeavors that matter by leveraging your curiosity, engaging your courage, and cultivating your creativity. Are you ready to make a difference? This show helps you step into your what's next with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. This season is called Local Focus, and my guests are artists and creatives entrepreneurs from in and around my hometown of Floyd, Virginia. Friends and neighbors carving out a living in rural America with passion and purpose. I'm your host, Scott Perry. Learn more about me and my work at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest. Tabitha Burgess, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where they can connect with you online to learn more. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so I am Tabitha Burgess. A lot of the people here and on the internet, uh, in Floyd and in, on the internet, know me by Beth. Um, I call myself a boomerang daughter of Floyd. Uh, I was originally born here in Floyd, born and raised, and uh, my husband and I met in college. And so we ventured out west for more than a decade doing work as archaeologists and um circumstances changed and uh, we were growing our family. And so it was time to come back home closer to family. Um, we have two clever uh, and amazingly hilarious, wild spirited kids, uh, Raylan and Doka. Uh, they're known as the Burgelings. Um, Raylan's almost five, Doka's one. And we live in what's known as the Little River District of Floyd. Um, it's kind of close to the, the Franklin, Franklin County side of of the area uh, near the Blue Ridge Parkway Smart View, uh, uh, the overview of Smart View Outlook. So, um, what do I do? Um, as with many Floydericans, I am an entrepreneurial shapeshifter in the community. I wear many hats, as you noted. I have a laundry list of uh, enterprises that I do. Um, first and foremost, I'm a registered professional archaeologist uh, trained in soil geomorphology. So. Uh, while I'm here under the creative guys, I'm also a scientist. Um, I'm also a birth and bereavement doula and a postpartum mother's helper. So I offer service to mothers and families throughout Floyd and, and the New River Valley region. I am a community organizer. I've done a lot with nonprofits, uh, working on boards and committees here throughout the Floyd community. Um, more recently, I've taken on the role as the, the Leadership Floyd Program Facilitator. Uh, that's an endeavor that the Chamber of Commerce, the Town, the Economic Development Authority, and some nonprofit uh, non partners are putting on. And then I am also a um, podcasting personality, and that's what um, we've had, we have tagged with this uh, broadcast because it kind of goes with the theme. Uh, I'm the co-creator of the Floyd Time Podcast. And that is a podcast all about Floyd. Um, more recently, um, our conversations have been about business focuses, but we would like to also kind of tie in culture and history of Floyd. It's, you know, not only for the people who are from here to know about what's going on in Floyd, but we're hoping that as guests come and learn about our great town and community, they want to kind of stay connected somehow. And so Floyd Time's a great way to do that. And then um, my final endeavor is I am a, a creative solution provider for professionals and businesses. Um, here in Floyd, I have lots of Floyd clients, but I also have some national clients from Chicago to Boise. Um, and so I, I help enhance image and brand. I do virtual assistant kind of executive types of things with HR support or marketing. And so 
that's, that's me in a nutshell. I do a little bit of everything. People say, you know, why don't you pick what you want to be and grow up? But I kind of like to say that I like all the things. And so why not keep those skills and keep them sharp and share those, my knowledge with others. So really awesome. So I'm going to just start by apologizing the the line crew just arrived to start cutting the grass. And so there will be some background noise when I'm speaking. Um, I'll move myself otherwise, but I love the introduction. I'm, I, I was, um, that's you in a nutshell. Well, that's kind of like a coconut shell because that's a lot of, that's a lot of activity being packed into one, uh, busy, you know, woman's life who is also raising a family. And, but your story, it seems to be very, um, similar to a lot of the stories that I'm getting from the people that I'm interviewing in this season, uh, where I'm featuring local mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and artists and, and people that are self-employed and whatnot. And it's certainly my experience that when you live in rural America, uh, and you want to be a self-employed person, you will probably end up doing more than one thing. Yes. Um, and of course, as human beings, we're always doing more than one thing like you, I was, a, you know, I'm, I'm married and I have been a parent and I teach and I do all these other things. But what I would love to hear from you is just more about um, that, that dance or that juggling, uh, you know, because I think, I don't know what your experience is, but it took me a little while to learn how to shift gears throughout my day so that I could go from homeschooling parent to guitar teacher to husband coming home from work to husband leaving home to go to the next gig. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have, I'm in, I'm in town, so I have downtown traffic, not as much as the mowing traffic, but it's, it's there. Um, so the juggle struggle is real. Um, I am learning through trial and error with juggling all the different things. I had a really good system for how we were doing the podcast section. It was like every Tuesday I was going to have uh, time to record with my my partner and friend Siobhan and we would have guests come in and interview um, but then spring sprung and we both had amnesia of what spring is like uh, in, in the home setting plus the work setting uh, tourism's kicking up so everybody's in town so like businesses are picking up and have new needs and so for me it's um, really learning to swim in the waters of being flexible, which is very hard for me because I live and and breathe by my calendar. Um, And so shuffling the calendar has been quite a struggle lately, but being okay with saying, if I can't do something, all right, well, I'm going to let it slide. I have um, two outstanding episodes for for Floyd time that that are almost a month late. And for me to be able to sit back and say, this would really, really crush me normally. Um, but it's okay because our fans are very understanding. The, the show is called Floyd Time. There's the whole running joke about everything runs on Floyd Time, which means you're behind a tractor or a school bus or everybody's running late at some point. It's kind of like the manana of the border town uh, kind of mentality. So being comfortable in that is, is um, I think, important to be able to do the juggle, allowing yourself some flexibility of and and just it's okay to, to say no to things too. I'm learning to say no, which is amazing on so many levels. And then just being able to dwell on those discomforts. I think when things get heated or, or uncomfortable, people tend to 
want to escape that as quickly and get away from whatever traumatic experience, no matter how big or small it is, they want to go back to where they're feeling good. They want that dopamine rush and feeling, feeling happy from oxytocin. And so just trying to be able to sit with something and go, okay, I'm not comfortable with this. What does this look like? And how does it feel? So, um, I think usually when I've had, um, different things, like I have a routine with one of my clients every Monday, I, I spend a good chunk of time there and that kind of works out pretty well until that Monday happens to be a holiday and school's out or my kids are sick or whatever, but I have fantastic clients who are very understanding and very family oriented and supportive and share the same values as I do. So I, we haven't had to deal with that too much. Well, I love two of the themes that you kind of touched on. Um, one is nothing teaches you the, the importance and the value of acceptance more than small town living and, and self-employment and entrepreneurship, right? And so, you know, we like to think that we are in control of our lives and um, that, you know, we are driving, uh, steering the ship. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, no matter where you live, that is not true. You are in charge of how you see things and then what you decide to do next. But then whatever happens kind of happens. But in in rural America, where we will have power outages Mm -hmm. due to high winds or ice or... Uh, strong breezes sometimes. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the, the, as you said, things happen, you know, you do get stuck behind the tractor uh, in our little one stoplight town. And sometimes it takes a little longer to get to your destination. And the, to me, those are have been really helpful to embrace these things that normally people would look at as um, challenges or, or kind of sources of irritability. And instead just say, this is my opportunity to practice a little patience, a little acceptance, maybe a little you know, resilience, a little humility when I have to apologize for not showing up where I was going to, where and when I said I was going to show up. Totally. The, other, the other thing that I really love about what you said, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about this, because I think this is a really crucial thing that doesn't come up often enough when I'm talking to creative people and, and entrepreneurial people is as self-employed people that are seeking to do great work and be of service to the people within whom they are collaborating and working with and for it's we and because we live in a small town where sometimes work can be scarce clients can be scarce it's easy to say yes all the time because you feel like if you don't say yes then um, you're just really uh, one canceled client away from homelessness and and death right so but it's the one of the most important things i've ever learned is if i'm going to say yes to something well first of all it has to be a heck yeah not a sure right and the other is that when i say yes to something i have to say no to something because i can't do I, I'm not physically able to do it more than I'm doing because the day has 24 hours and I need to sleep for at least six of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So is there a process or is there a filter or perspective at, at, what, at the way that you're looking at things and saying, what, what do I want to say yes to here? What do I want to say no to here? Um, I am chasing clients that I have crushes on. So the heck yes thing that you mentioned, like for me, the the clients that I'm currently working with, I think they're doing amazing things. And I want to be 
on that team and I want to help them succeed and and whatever it is that they're doing because their mission, their vision, it speaks to me. And um and so like and and it's the same thing with with Floyd Time guests when I have them on the podcast. It's the same thing. It's like, wow, you do what? Even if I'm not uh, like totally sure about what it is that they do, but I'm just that curiosity spark is there. Um I don't know. I feel like for me saying no, like it it was the volunteerism thing. Like my heart is all about this community. And so the biggest challenge for me to say no are to organizations who have lost that sense of self-identity. The ones that, um, you know, especially if I'm giving free time, uh, you don't know who you are. You don't know where you're going to be. I, I, I can't, I can't do that. My heart's with you, but I, I, I gotta, I gotta say no. Um, and, and that's been hard because in one instance, I, I gave a lot of myself to it and I, I cared a lot about the people who were there, but it was just too much. And so I think, I think it really does have to align with your core values and, and that heck yes, what you were mentioning or that, you know, you just feel like you want to be connected. Well, I love that level of intentionality that you're bringing to that process because uh, it's something that it took me a little while to learn. And uh, I recall at one point in my at, at my guitar studio, I had somewhere upwards of 55 or 56 students. And I was literally killing myself at spending no time at home with my family. Um, but I just, I was in that scarcity mindset where, you know, I just never know, you know, the, the economy was bad at that time. I thought it could all disappear and, you know, just, just one bad week and it was all going to go away. Um, and it was really empowering when I said, you know what, 40 is a magic number, 40 I can handle. And I wait, it took a year to get to 40, but once I got to 40, I never looked back and it's never, um, and it's, I don't, I'd be curious for your perspective on this. One of the things about learning how to say no, saying no to the, I don't know if the proper way to say this is saying no to the right opportunities or saying no to the wrong opportunities, but saying no to the things that you should say no to, right? Things can get really interesting after you say no. And uh, speaking, I loved what you said about saying yes to clients that you have crushes on, people that you really believe in, whose work you, respect and appreciate who you want to serve and help them, you know, get from where they are to where they want to be. I I feel that in my own work as well. And some of the most interesting work I've done has been with people that I've said no to, who then will go and think about that for a little while and then come back with a clearer purpose and with a clear understanding of who they're asking you know, or who, who they're wanting to deal with. And then, you know, there's a second chance opportunity where now you can't say yes, because now everybody's on board with understanding that this is, this is how this is going to work. You know, there, I, uh, for me, well, I'd be curious to ask you first, what's the, what are the things that you look for in the clients that you're working with in terms of you know, what are the things that must align in order for you to decide that this is somebody that you want to take on board? Passion has to be there. Um, absolutely. Whether it's the service that they're offering or a product that they're making, 
I want to see that commitment to quality and, and passion coming from every core of their being as they, they put forth the effort. Um, I am, I'm working with, uh, I have some great mentors who have been teaching me a lot about presence and, and integrity too. And so I think integrity is, is definitely a key. And what does that integrity look like and how does that align with my integrity? Um, I used to work in a very fast paced corporate world and, um, I would be up at all hours of the night responding to people who didn't have an appreciation for boundaries of, you know, like, you know, personal home life versus work life. There is a distinction. I will go all the way out. If I know about a deadline, I will, we will, we will hit it. But, um, you know, showing up late kind of, you know, half-assed and just like, here, I need all of this now. And it's like, well, but you knew this was going to happen. Why didn't you give me some more lead time? Or why is this an emergency now when it could have been prevented? The, those are the people I turn away. But if they know that that's a struggle, that said, if they know that that's a struggle point of theirs and they're wanting to change that, I'm happy to work with them to say, okay, I see you have a, a, an issue or a challenge with time management or you know, getting all the pieces. Maybe you don't know a firm process in place. Let's Let's take a you know, a 36,000 foot view at that, what does that workflow look like? How we can, how can we help each other make that better on, on both of our lives? So, you know, but if it's, if it's complete negligence or if it's like the disrespect, I think of like person's time, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that on. Yeah, totally agree. And it's, um, it, it's, a, it's a powerful thing when you finally get some clarity about where your boundaries are. And for me, I look at it very similarly. The things that have to align for me are around values. Yeah. So if, if we share, if we have values in common, and there's a uh, an alignment between the talents that I have and the needs that they have, mm-hmm. and then I feel like I we, we can find the common ground to kind of move forward um, and step into the possibilities together um, more as as a team or as a small group of fellow travelers, as opposed to being a consultant or being a teacher or being, you know, the advisor or whatever, you're getting a contractor for that matter. Um, So you do, again, you're doing (laughs) a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And uh, is there, do you, one of the things that I find, have found in the past when I was doing a lot of gigging musically, a lot of teaching, um, and I was picking up other, you know, other side hustles along the way was that things were very seasonal, especially here in Floyd. Yeah. And I just wondered if, if you find that there's like an ebb and flow in all of these activities that you're engaged in, that's, that you're, that it's helpful to kind of be sensitive um, and aware of. Yes, definitely. There's definitely a seasonality. And, and that's one of the things. So my, my business is um, fairly new, uh, I guess, Tabitha Burgess LLC has been in, in effect for now a year. So I've made it a year. Hooray. And um, so I've made it through one cycle, but it didn't quite pick up until more recently. And definitely the spring thing that I, I'm totally noticing. Um, the the birth business definitely has some ebbs and flows to it as well. I am purposely, um, I have that business line open, but I'm not necessarily accepting clients unless 
I really, again, it's that crush. It's like, I really want to, you know, that's my dream client right there. I need to have them. Um, but, uh, you know, archeology, span particularly here in the East is definitely weather related. And, you know, out West it's desert where I was working at. So we could, we could do field work 365 days a year, pretty much out here. Not so much. Um, so there is that juggle of trying to figure out, you don't want to be digging in the middle of, of July for an archeological excavation. You don't want to be dealing with the ticks and all of that stuff. So trying to go, okay, springtime and fall time, let's see if we have projects then that can kind of fill in, in the voids. Um, but the great thing with the smart view consulting is that I'm able to have clients who are archeologists or who are doulas and I can keep my I can keep my toes or my hands in all of those little pockets, but focusing more on the business strategy, uh, you know, the, the forward thinking, strategic planning and, and how to help them get through their stuff. So that's the biggest learning curve for me. It's not necessarily that each one of those brands is super strong, but that the SmartView um, consulting and the Floyd Time podcast keep me connected into all those passions that I like. And I'm kind of narrowing it down to making those more the, the forefront. Yeah, I really love that. I love the, the the looking for the overlaps and where things can be repurposed or, or where uh, various endeavors can kind of have shared common ground. I, I, I see that as being really important in my work too. And you're, you've brought in this, you brought in the, the, the idea of str- thinking strategically about everything you're doing. And that is something that gets um, very much overlooked, I think, especially with people just getting started with an enterprise's it's great to have a, a long-term goal and a vision. Uh, I would say in all the conversations I've had, and that's been over 150 of them now on this podcast, I've never talked to somebody that said, you know, I had a 10-year plan and 10 years later, I landed exactly where I expected to be. <laughs> it's every, most of the stories go, I had an idea of what I wanted to do, and then I did something completely different. And um, that is, that's the common theme, which is why, I think strategically, it's good to have small goals that are easily executable. And are the idea is to just keep pushing yourself, maintain the momentum, keep moving forward. And by keeping things kind of in a, in a compressed time frame, you are much more open to the opportunities and possibilities that avail themselves to you that you had no idea were going to be there. And you also are better situated to deal with the challenges that you also didn't know were going to be there. So I love that, you know, the the strategic piece is really important because strategy is something that you develop very thoughtfully and you stick to it until it's really not working. And it's the tactical piece that you can be trying and tweaking and testing and throwing away and trying again. The last thing that you said, um, I'd love to just end on this piece before we get to the final question is one of the things that's come up, especially in this season where we're talking to a lot of local entrepreneurs and creatives in a small town is how important relationships are. And I'm hearing that in in what you're saying. So just, uh, just a couple minutes of speaking to, you know, what, what's your take on, um, you know, how you fit in as a, as a, as a resident, as a, a, a born, you know, born and bred Floydian, mm-hmm. and also somebody that's part of the, not just the business community, but the, the, you know, community writ large. 
Um, great, great question. Um, so Floyd is is interesting as being someone who's been born and raised here. I in high school, like you hear a lot about teens who are having issues figuring out things to do. And so there is a need for for that age demographic. I always, you know, felt pretty good about figuring out something to do. I was never really bored, but things have changed a little bit with technology and attention spans and whatnot. But going away, leaving Floyd was a huge decision. Um, And it was made (laughs) kind of at a bar one night on a whim. You know, my, my husband and I were like, let's just see what happens. Let's just get out of here. And it was terrifying and it was scary. That transition was just wildly unnerving. And I didn't think I would ever leave Floyd. And I did. And then I stayed gone for 10 years and I I learned about all these other places. And then I came back and, and the, what I was hearing from the, the old timers, there's this whole thing about, you know, transplant is a dirty word. Part of the Floyd time podcast is trying to transform that transplants have great meaning and value to this community. They keep it, you know, interesting and new and bring new insights and fresh perspectives. It's great. And it's also great that there are a lot of people in my cohort that I graduated with who, who left for a while. And now that they're having their families, they're coming back because Floyd has that special draw to it. And it's the same, you know, the same thing with the visitors who do decide to, they pass through, see the Friday night jamboree and then decide to stay. There is something about this town, this community that brings people here. Um, I, the cultivating connections, not only here, but having my, my tribes from all these other places that I've lived that I can rely on. Hey, I have a, I have a interesting situation with this kind of client what's going on in your area and being able to integrate that in is very important. Um, the leadership Floyd program that I, I touched on, I think one of the things is that they're trying the chamber and the chamber of commerce is definitely trying to appeal to keeping kids here and, and, and keeping the talent here and Floyd, let's train them up. Let's give them leadership skills and whatnot. We don't want them to leave. I, I kind of have a varying, you know, opinion on that because I, I'm like, go be free release. Like, but it's like that butterflies are free. They will come back. You know, like if, if there's something that really is important to them, they're going to come back and the experiences that they gain elsewhere to bring back to the community are just so important. Um, and so Facebook was a thing when I first left. And part of the reason I was nervous is like, how am I going to keep up with everybody? But that's when Facebook was really going. And so I stayed connected to Floyd the whole time. Um, and technology in that way is wonderful. And so being able to come back, I still felt like a lot of things had changed, but because I kept that connection, it's been easier for me to kind of get settled back in and, and being active in the chamber of commerce and, and all these great nonprofits around there, there are so many wonderful connections employed. Absolutely. And they, even though there might be six of the same type of nonprofit, they work together. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, they're lifting each other up and, and same thing with the businesses, the small, small business enterprises around. Um, they're great groups of people who are doing the same thing, but they, they're like, Hey, you know, I think this client might be more suited for you. And, and so like, there's, there's that sort of collaboration and, and uh, communication about it. And it's, 
it's just fantastic. I love yeah. it. I love that you pointed that out because I just always felt like, so as a guitar teacher, there are clearly many, many, many choices for people to go for their guitar lessons. Um, and I've been in this endeavor for 15 years and, and thriving every step of the way. And I do regularly refer people elsewhere mm -hmm. because I'm not the best choice for them or because I'm currently not onboarding students. And I've, you know, the, Speaking to your point, it's just the, the idea that we're competing is is the refuge of people that are just lacking in in creativity and compassion and an understanding of how the world really works. People deserve and need choices, and you should be the the right choice for the right person. And at the same time, you should be willing to when somebody's not the right person to refer them to somebody that is, because as human beings, that's what we do. We treat each other with compassion and kindness and generosity, um, and that's the I think the way that so my family and I have been here for almost tw well for over 20 years now. Uh, no, it'd be 20 years. It's 20 years right now. Wow. Um, yeah, nobody's ever put up with us for that long. Thank you, Floyd, for doing that. Um, but we, you know, we um, we moved next door to a couple of families that have been here for generations. They welcomed us in right away. They uh, tilled our garden for us because we didn't have a tractor. They, you know got us, uh, gave us starters and gave us their uh, samples of their homemade wine and all. We immediately felt really accepted and connected in this community, but in part because we were eager to learn more about what's life like here instead of trying to bring, let me show you how we lived, where we come from. We were much more, uh, and I think Floyd does attract more people like that. People that want to be a part of what's already going on here as opposed to bring what they already know here. Mm -hmm. So I love your points. Um, I, I do want to end with uh, a question that I've been consistently asking all the guests. Um, but uh, thank you so much for all these great perspectives, uh, Beth. It's been really a great conversation. So the last question, what's one tip or piece of advice that you would like to leave listeners with to help them either fly higher or start an endeavor that makes a difference wherever they are? Yes. Um, I believe that uh, to be great in whatever you do, whether it's offering a service or a product that gives meaning and value to yourself and to your clients, you should do a couple of things. Um, and I love this. Cotty Womple through life and work with curiosity and integrity. You might, we talked about that a little bit. Like you don't know what the end goal is going to be. It could evolve, but Cotty Womple. Take it. Um, embrace and hold space uh, during those times of transition because they're very scary and it's hard. Uh, sit, swim in those waters of discomfort. Uh, challenge yourself uh, with others, uh, with yourself and others with one simple question. And it's uh, what would it take to? Mm -hmm. uh, and that could be anything. So my, my doula told me that, like, if you have a question of how to get something out of somebody or yourself, what would it take? What would it take? to make this job happen? What would it take to make this dream come true? Do you need the support? Like if you just open that one question up, follow on questions will come and you, it'll, it'll help a lot. It'll help tremendously. I love it. Yes. Yeah, so if you are interested in learning more about Cody Wumple, you can go to uh, creativeonpurpose.com and put it in the uh, search and uh, there will be an interesting blog post about that. Um, it's one of my favorite words and thank you for helping my, me champion bringing this back into the American parlance. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, 
Tabitha and I really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. And we hope that today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. Um, one more time, Beth, please tell everybody where they can they can uh, find you to, to connect more deeply with you and your work. Sure. Um, because we're doing the whole Floyd theme for your, your season, let's do Floyd time, F-L-O-Y-D-T-H-Y-M-E. Uh, dot com, or you can find us on Facebook, Floyd Time, uh, or also on Instagram. So check us out. Uh, send me an email if you're interested in being guest. We're we're always looking. So fantastic. And so always, of course, good to see you at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. And now go out and make a difference and keep flying higher. Tabitha Burgess, thank you so much for lending us some of your time and expertise today. Take care.